we knew that when that surge was over and we started discussions about what the future looked like, that we needed to put our tribe in a position that we were never going to get caught off guard again. We are live on the Muskogee Reservation, and you are on the Muskogee Pod. I'm Jason Salzman, along with Anthony Nieto on the board, on the keys, tickling the ivories. No, I'm yes. just kidding. <laughs> That'd be cool. Have you a little uh, keyboard in here? Yeah, that's awesome. We got a great episode today. We're going to be talking with Muskogee Creek Nation Department of Health. We'll talk with Secretary of Health, Sean Terry. He's been with us for a while now, yeah. uh, some years, but brand new. Our new, shiny, you know, ready to take it out of the package, Surgeon General, Dr. Lance Fry. And Dr. Lance Fry comes to us from the state of Oklahoma, actually heading up uh, the early days of the COVID reaction. But um, Dr. Fry resigned there, came over onto the Muskogee Nation side. So glad to have him. So glad to have him on the pod today. I know, we're lucky. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so Jason, um, the conversation that we have with these guys, a lot of firsts. Yeah. And stay tuned. Because you're getting ready to to hear some great things from these guys. A lot of first good converse, candid conversation. Um, we talk about a lot of things, and and so um, obviously um, go to any forum at election time. Health is a big deal at Muskogee Creek Nation. Yes, people want to know that we're being proactive, that we're taking care of problems in health that come up. Um, we all we all know that uh, we can't be perfect. But we strive for perfection, and I think that's what we have in our leadership at the yeah. Department of Health. I think the word for perfection, the word for it, innovation, man. Innovation, man, and yeah. and literally, um, you know, Indian Health is very, it's very specific in um, its challenges, its victories, um, some of the things that have to go on to make it successful. Yeah. Um, that's why I love having uh, Sean and, and Dr. Fry, M- more so Sean though today, just because to talk about some of the things um, he's been in Indian health so long, you know, and Dr. Fry's just sort of coming over. So talking to Sean about some of those things in Indian health, it's great getting that uh, information out. And uh, you're only going to hear that type of stuff here on the Muskogee pod. Right, right here. Mm, right here. A lot, again, a lot of firsts. Got to come to the Muskogee Pod. Dude. I'm just excited about this just conversation. Me too. Have. Me yes. too. So, uh, without further ado, let's get to our guest of honor right now. So glad to welcome into the pod cave for the Muskogee Pod today, the Secretary of Health at the Muskogee Creek Nation and our brand new Surgeon General, respectively. I'm going to go in order here, Sean Terry and Dr. Lance Fry. Guys, thanks for being with us today on the pod. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So what we kind of do is uh, we just sit and chat a little bit and tell stories and everything like that and have a good time. So uh, how's uh, the week been going for you guys? So uh, the week's been uh, the week's been good, and we we've seen the continued decline of COVID. Yes. So you know, thank God for that. Man, I mean, and we're finally uh, it finally looks like that we're at least out of the woods for the time being. Yeah. Uh, there, um, we have started some new services at our new hospital uh, in Tulsa at Council Oak. So. Uh, that's going uh, extremely well, and we're going to start uh, putting in some new equipment. We've ordered some new surgical equipment, and so Council Oak's going great. The clinics are getting back full again, and uh, so all in all, it's been a good week. 
Awesome. Now, Dr. Fry, it, we've been about three, four weeks since we made history with your announcement, but uh, uh, the first Surgeon General for the Muscogee Creek Nation, and as far as we know, maybe the first Surgeon General for any tribal nation, uh, how's it been kind of getting acclimated and uh, getting comfortable with uh, your new surroundings? You know, it's been really, really good. Um, I can't think of a, a better group of people to work with, uh, and I really mean that from from. Uh, you know, depth of my heart. We're like-minded, you yeah. know, in what we're wanting to do. We right. want to make, just make things better mm-hmm. for everybody. The have support from the top, all the way from the very top down, as far as just uh, go in and, and do our assessments, see what our baseline is, you know, come up with a st- strategic plan and, and budget and kind of move forward with involving everybody in, um, in making, improving the well-being and, and health of, of all the citizens. And I think a huge part of that is just getting everybody to understand that public health and the wellness of everyone is bigger than, you know, just a clinic or starting a new clinic or something. It, it involves everybody. You know, right. it involves commerce. It involves the culture and language. It involves social services. It involves everybody has a part to play. Uh-huh. We just got to get everybody at the table and, and start you know, talking to them and get them involved in, in the plan and, and really just start pushing things forward. And you're part of that too, as you said. Public health is is very much proactive, right? Absolutely. Before it's a problem, let's start sharing things about information and things that we're doing to make sure that we don't have something to take care of on our hands, but we we're already proactively sort of doing pre- preventative measures. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sean, when we sort of were crafting. Um, the announcement for for Dr. Fry and everything, we talked about and we touted the fact that the Muscogee Creek Nation Department of Health is signaling a time and an era in which we are progressive. We are forward-thinking. You can look into everything we've done, not only just the acquisition of Council Oak, um, but what we're doing there now, as you said, Every week, it seems like we're announcing maybe a new service, a, a new surgeon, you know, I mean, it's those things. And that's very exciting, I think, because you start with a goal of, you know, everybody says we want to be proactive. We want to be progressive. When you can actually see those things happening, it's got to be big feather in your cap. Well, more than a big feather in my cap, I think it's a big feather in the Creek Nation's cap. Yeah. I mean, you know, this this has been the voice of the people was to be able to have a health system that was accessible, that was affable, and that uh, they could be proud of. And so we've tried to take that ability, the affability, the accessibility, and we've been serious about that. We've expanded services in all of our areas We've got some giant leap forwards that we're making in contract health right now, which has always been a area that has uh-huh. sore spots uh, in, in tribal health care. But first and foremost, I think over the last several years, we've been able to do the right things financially to put us in a position that when we do want to go do something, that we have the ability to go do it. And so... I think that the nation, the Creek Nation, should be uh, very proud of. And that's taken an effort but for, from our citizens, from our, our patients, all the way to our employees. And so everybody's been in, in this together. 
Dr. Fry, you actually came to us from the state of Oklahoma and very much leading the charge in the state of Oklahoma's COVID response in the early days. I'm fascinated by the parallel that you had from that vantage point to come over now to our team. But I want to know, in your stead, when you started off in COVID, what was your perspective when you watched, uh, I know you did, the Muscogee Creek Nation and our response, and what, what was it like in looking at the tribes and their COVID response? Yeah, um, everybody in the, in the world was struggling. You know, everybody was, was um, struggling for the same limited resources, in, including, you know, personnel, hospital beds, and, you know, PPE, everything. And so we had to really work together as a team and really kind of come together and, and to move things forward. And that was one of the things I, I was very proud of in Oklahoma was the, the tribes, how, how they stepped up. I mean, they really were our best partners through the pandemic response. They opened up and, you know, they did testing uh, for not only in vaccines for not only their people, but also for non-tribal members. And just they realized that we're all in this fight together in the state as as not just uh, tribal members, but also Oklahomans. And it was it was great. I mean, they were really good, uh, very, very helpful through this process. And then you come over, and now you're on our team, and, and now you get a chance to say, hey, I didn't just get a chance to be on the outside looking in, seeing how they do things. Now I get a chance to, you know, steer a little bit. You know, that's, that leads on or, or follows up from the last question that you, you asked Secretary Terry about. When I was there, I mean, we were struggling with the fact that there had been lack of investment in the infrastructure of public health, not just in Oklahoma, but really nationwide for decades. But of course, we really felt it here in Oklahoma. But when I looked around the state at, you know, who was being progressive in the state, who was really being innovative and trying to be, to step out and do, uh, you know, be bold in, in what they were doing with healthcare, and it was the tribes. And so, you know, I was very, very excited and interested and honored to to be uh, in this position to work with the tribe to, to move things forward. Uh, amen. We're, we're glad you are, too. Like I said, we like making history around here. I think, to me, that goes in line with what we talked about in being uh, progressive and, and the first and, and, and really thinking about the things that we need, um, but also who we need. I mean, uh, getting we could have just went out and got any surgeon general, it was about getting the right person, you know, it's got the right person. So, um, so excited about to get you started and, and just all the great things we're going to see. Sean, as I said a little bit ago, you know, we tell stories and what I want you to tell us is we have three, uh, we had two community hospitals, Okima, Okmaldi, and we're serving all citizens at those hospitals. And that was always sort of a a point of pride for us. We're, like, we're taking care of the community. Well, now we have three. So can you tell us, take us back to sort of how everything unfolded where the Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Tulsa became the Council of Comprehensive Healthcare Facility. So one, one of the things that I think to, to make a point of, of clarification, you know, Okima and Okmulgee Hospitals are acute care hospitals that are equipped to see a certain level of patient. Uh, We don't do intensive care patients. We don't do high-level surgeries. We don't take care of that really sick patient. 
we have those patients that are going to be there for two or three days. They need some antibiotics. They're, they've got a little bit of wound care. They need some fluids. But all in all, if you were really sick, you were going to be transferred to Tulsa because in Tulsa, they have the number of specialties like cardiology and pulmonology and nephrology and all the things it takes care of. And so during COVID, the ability to transfer a patient to Tulsa or Oklahoma City went away. Right. And for the first time in history, we had patients dying in our rural hospitals. Right. We knew that when that surge was over and we started discussions about what the future looked like, that we needed to put our tribe in a position that we were never going to get caught off guard again. And serendipitously, in March of 2021, the Cancer Treatment Center made an announcement they were closing the doors. And uh, all within about 30 minutes of that announcement, I started getting text messages from the chief, from my <laughs> officers, and saying, hey, have you seen this? Yeah. And so we... I think I talked to you that day. We talked yeah, that day. Was, yeah. yeah. And, and so uh, I, I made a phone call to the CEO of uh, CTCA, and I said, you know, are you guys going to have this building up for sale? And she said, well, I think so, but all of that's being handled out of Arizona. I said, well, let them know we're interested. And if they ever want to have a discussion about it, we would like to be in the discussion. So they were going to close the doors at the end of May. And I think that they had already been in discussions with other entities to buy that building. Mm -hmm. And if you walk through that hospital, it's not set up like a traditional hospital. So most people that it's walk... more like a hotel. It's more like a hotel <laughs> and an outpatient facility. Exactly. So anyway, towards the end of May, uh, the attorney from CTCA called and said, hey, we understand that you guys are interested in the facility. And and I said, we, we definitely are. And he quoted us a price. And uh, he said, but I would really like to bring uh, Richard Stevenson down, who's the owner of CTCA. And introduce him to the chief because Richard Stevenson had a vision for those hospitals to really take care of cancer patients when they were at the worst time of their life to be treated in a very caring way. Mm -hmm. First class. First class. Yeah. And so when he came down and we met with the chief and the second chief uh, for dinner, and described to him that that building was going to uh, start taking care of Native Americans that were dying in these rural hospitals, and now we were going to have a place to build a specialty hospital. He said, I couldn't think of a better, a better use of that building. So it became not only a place for us to do that, but it was also really for Cancer Treatment Centers of America to have uh, a continuation of what they envisioned that, that building doing. And that almost makes it feel like a right place, right time situation, it right? Was. It right. was, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it absolutely was serendipitous. We have since then 
just started building specialties one at a time. Right. And now we have uh, post-stroke care that's happening uh, there. We have a headache clinic. We have a general neurology clinic. We have a HIV and hepatitis clinic uh, that's there. We have a new general surgeon that uh, has just recently signed. We have a ENT surgeon that has now committed to us, who, by the way, this ENT surgeon is a tribal citizen that the tribe helped him through medical school, and he was the top physician in his medical school, and he's now committing to come back to work for us because we had helped him through that. So we have, wow. lo- we have lots of success stories that's happening uh, there at Council Oak, and I think that it's every week we see that the Tulsa medical community has been reaching out to us wanting to be part of this. That's, that smells like a press yeah. release you're going to have me write. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, Dr. Fry, when we talk about all these services that are being offered and we're just, like he said, stacking one by one, week by week almost, uh, we're getting all these services there at that area. Any time a place like uh, CTCA – uh, leaves a metropolitan area like Tulsa, there's a void. There's a big void. And yeah. we think about now the tribe steps in, they offering all these uh, forms of care, and what a great way to fill that that void and move in there. I mean, you have to see it from, from your perspective yeah, that way as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's uh, again, as Secretary Terry said, we, we have people call every single day wanting to you know be part of medical staff or come on board and it's it's uh it's exciting to see all that yeah. we have to tell all of them we have to remind them that we don't have any slot machines <laughs> we do have hotel beds but no slot machines no that, slot machines yeah. <laughs> well i tell you what that i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past this to put it i mean you know just for entertainment's sake right yeah well right. i guess when if the land goes into trust i guess we could do that, <laughs> we could do that sometime you, you, you already know the, yeah, the process exactly okay. all right yeah now, uh, when we talk about new places, too, um, something that's always been stigmatized uh, but is also very much nonetheless on the hearts, minds, and lips of everyone in this day and age is behavioral health. Mm-hmm. And we're getting ready to uh, open, cut the ribbon on a new behavioral health facility here in Altmulgee. Sean, talk about you know just the ability to say hey there's not a lot of facilities like this in this area we realize that mental health behavioral health is becoming more and more of a precursor to other things in our society it's got to be wonderful to know that that we're putting out a facility like that and and expanding our services in that regard yeah so you know over the last 2 years uh the number one referrals in contract health Uh, and through our system has been anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideation. I mean, that's our top referrals. And so mental health has always been a huge issue, but as you were saying, it's also a stigma. Mm -hmm. And that when you have some kind of depression or you have some kind of psychosis, that you don't want everyone knowing about it. It's hard to ask for help. Right. Yeah. Which the way that we should be thinking about it is we wouldn't stigmatize you if you have a broken arm. Exactly. It's a condition. 
but your brain is a part of is a body part just like your arm. Exactly. And so we've got to get beyond that and we have a lot of citizens suffering. We have a lot of kids suffering. We have a lot of we have way too much teenage suicide. We have way too much uh, anxiety. We have way too much depression. And so I think the opening of this building tells the public, tells our citizens that this is something that we take serious and that we're going to have, uh, we've made the investment for them to come to one of the nicest buildings that's in Altmulgee uh, today. Yeah, especially, you know, with the effects of the pandemic. I mean, I don't, I don't know of anyone that wasn't under stress yeah. during the pandemic or, you know, didn't have anxiety. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole world was shut down. Schools were shut down. I grew up in rural Oklahoma. If, if there wasn't school, I, I don't know, I would have been in trouble all day long every day. You know yeah, I mean? Yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, so those parents have, you know, they've got work, they've got things they've got to do. And, yeah. and, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a huge emotional and mental impact on all of our society, but I think even more so in in rural areas. Yeah. And and you and you can appreciate it too, being a service member. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that's rampant in in our men and women of in the service. And you can describe uh, your uh, tie to the service, but uh, you know, that's one of those things that I, I know you have to understand. More than others, probably. Absolutely. I, I have uh, personal friends who have uh, have killed themselves after returning from deployments. Yes. And so, you know, it's just, it's a it's a part of the, of the world we live in right now. Right. With all the stress and everything that it causes. And, mm-hmm. and it certainly should be something that people seek out help for. Right. Because uh, it, it, you know, with, with the right treatment and, and the right um, just counseling sometimes, uh, people can work through these problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I wonder, guys, and let's stay on that for a minute, just because there's some the news regarding veteran health care in our state, uh, uh, with the expected closure, I think, of the Muskogee VA. Do you guys see the, any way that that could affect you know our veterans? Do we have a lot of veterans that are there, and and are we you know what, do you have any thoughts on that, Sean? First, I would say that we don't really know what the entire plan is Uh so what they've announced is that they were uh building a new veterans hospital in tulsa okay and that they were considering closing the muskogee facility so um Ironically, the Muskogee facility and the Tulsa facility is both within our reservation boundaries. Uh huh. And I, I can see I can see those wheels spinning on you right now. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> because there is there there is law out there that would allow a federal fa- a empty federal facility to be transferred to a tribe if it's inside a tribe's jurisdictional boundaries. So the question becomes then, do we want to try to keep a center 
that veterans are being served? Or do we try to support them going to a new Tulsa location? Or could we repurpose that facility to uh, make it a addiction center or an addiction hospital or a substance abuse treatment center or another veteran center or a place for post-traumatic stress disorder or a place for all of these kinds of things. So I would say there's a million questions to be answered. And what we, I think that what we hope is going to happen is that there will be the appropriate tribal consultation between the VA and with our chief and the tribe, and we can sit down and have that discussion. But I think there's too many unanswered questions today. Well, you got to forgive me because the Muskogee pod is all all about being on the forefront of these things. You're breaking news right now, aren't you? I want people to be able to look back and go, you know, I first heard about this on the Muskogee Mm -hmm. pod. Well, you know, (laughs) ideally we would have liked to have had this conversation with the VA before they made those announcements in the paper. So that would have been been ideal. But uh, nevertheless... Uh, we are grateful for what uh, the VA does serving our veterans. We want our veterans to be served. We think that they deserve to be in a first-class facility. The tribe is dedicated to serving our veterans, and we're going to make sure that our veterans are taken care of regardless. So we know that's going to happen no matter what the VA does. You bet. You bet. And I, I think, you know, it's just something to keep keep an eye on. I mean, we, we take care of our veterans a lot uh, through our health system, through, like you said, contract health, things like that. I, I want to go back to that real quick before yeah. you said. When you said contract health, mm. and you talked about how it's sort of a bugaboo yeah. amongst a lot of you. Why is that, Sean? Can you explain that? Or is yeah. there reasons for that? Yeah. Well, if, if you want to go back historically, you got to think that um, the Indian Health Service was funded about 25 years ago. The, it was like at $1,600 per person. And when you think about the federal prisons system, their health care system's funded at about 5000 per prisoner. Medicare's funded at like, or uh, Medicaid's funded at like 12000 per Medicaid. That shows you how much money we had to spend, Right. So anytime one of uh, our people had to go outside of our system, it was we had limited funds, so we could only pay for limited things. And over the years, Creek Nation, the Creek Nation government, the National Council has appropriated dollars to support contract health. And now that Creek Nation is hitting a place where we are financially in a position our goal is that no creek is ever going to be denied uh, service ever. So that's what our goal is. Good goal to have. And now, inside of our new system that we've designed, 90% of our patients, the day that they're in the clinic at a doctor's appointment and that doctor is writing a referral, they're going to leave the clinic with an approved referral on that day. So the the days of having to wait for an approved referral is going to because what would what used to happen was that all of those referrals and say we would do three hundred a week, 
they would all come in and a group would sit down and say, well, we have $300,000 to spend this week. But all of these referrals is going to take $600,000. So do we approve half or do we approve a quarter or what do we do? And then the next one would get pushed to the following week. Well, now we're in a position that we know that we can pretty much take care of on a week-to-week basis what we want to, to do. So it's been a long, hard process. But uh, when 90% of our citizens can leave the clinic and have an approved referral on that day, I think it's going to be a game changer. Yeah. Let's get down to what people really want to hear. Um, Dr. Fry. Have you yet had a chance to experience the famous Rachel Sumka lunches that are made at the Skokie Creek Nation Department of Health that I, that sometimes Sean doesn't let other people in on? So that's why I'm asking. No, no, he he has not invited me. Wow. Um, really, Sean? Yeah, I I'm <laughs> I will say, you know, he did hire a chef. Oh, oh, and uh, okay. okay, so you know we. We had, uh, I'm not going to lie, we had brunch on our, right before we came down here. Okay. That was prepared for us. So guess, uh, uh, guess no. we got lost in the mail there, Anthony. It's okay, man. It's okay. It's okay. All right. Well, What's going on here? Well, you got some explaining to do. First of all, you know, if you believe the propaganda that uh, <laughs> th- that uh, Jason is spewing right now, I think that uh, you need to, to really be able to have trustworthy sources in this matter. Right. You know, um, Rachel is, uh, we've moved our offices from Alt Mulgee yeah. to uh, Council Oak in Tulsa and to get this hospital open. Right, yeah. So we don't have the, uh, the flexibility we used to to have a kitchen in our office and, yeah. and what we do. So now we're all driving. It makes me uh, sad. It, 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 it is <laughs> very, terrible. It is, it's extremely sad. But at Council Oak, we did hire a, uh, a for real chef. His name is Chef O.J., he right. and he's been prepared. I thought Dr. Fry was like being funny. No, no. we we hired a serious chef. He, I mean, he's like a real like white coat and everything kind of chef. Oh, wow. oh man, hey. awesome! And and, Sh- and Chef OJ is a native Hawaiian. And, wow! And so he has been preparing meal plans, so that when we open up the hospital at uh, Council Oak you will be able to choose from any of these meals. So it'll be like ordering off of a menu. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the first-class treatment continues yeah. at it, the it, council. It, yeah. it will be like you are ordering uh, room service. That's, That's so great. cool. So when yeah. Secretary Terry um, reached out to me as mm-hmm. soon as I, I resigned from the, from the uh, commissioner position, uh, he said to me, he goes, you know, I want to make the – you know, Muskogee Creek Nation's health um, system, like state-of-the-art. I mean, I want to be as forward and progressive. I want to provide the, the best care possible to our citizens. And so, um, again, just another another thing that they're doing, top class, yeah, right. first class, everything, and trying to, to really make it um, move, move out of the, the older kind of traditional medicine yeah. to just – well, the best we can do to take away the negative connotation to the term hospital food. 
right? right. Airport food, mm-hmm. you know. We uh, right. yeah, and and you think about it, why shouldn't those folks? We, listen, when you're at the hospital, you're not having a good time. Exactly. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like you're, it's things you're are going wor- bad you're, enough. You're at your worst, right? Things are yeah. going bad enough. Why not make it a nice room that they're in, a a nice meal that they're having, mm-hmm. comfort. You know, the things outside of their body, everything can be good, even though maybe inside of their body things are are, are uh, you know not as they should be. So I, I love that uh, that perspective and, and thinking that way. That it should be like that. So, well, I want to talk to you guys, too, a little bit about, you know, just let's put down and put aside some of the formalities of, of the job. There are two gentlemen, fine gentlemen, behind these titles. Um, Dr. Fry, when you're not being the Surgeon General of the Muscogee Creek Nation, what, what are you doing? You know, I spent two years just basically gone from my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. the state yeah. running the pandemic. Yes. So, so right now... You know, uh, we go on walks with our dogs and getting reacquainted, out, you know, and just, yeah, <laughs> yeah just yeah. Uh, trying to uh, spend great. as much time together as we can. So That's awesome. Great. Awesome. Good. Now, do you, uh, do you listen to podcasts or you just come on podcasts? Uh, I, I have to admit, I, I did listen to the chief and second chief's podcast. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. He likes yeah. the Muscogee pod. Yeah. 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 Seeing what you were in for, so to speak. Well, you know, I, I'd heard that, uh, that they were on and, and, uh, Heard you joking with them about, uh, you know, everybody getting to see the real them. So I, yeah, I definitely wanted yeah. to check it out. And it was yeah, good. Absolutely. It was great. Yeah. Well, Sean here, people don't know this, but uh, he's dedicated himself to one day being a professional angler. He wants to be a professional bass. Really? And he's and he's well on his way. I okay. Think. In his own mind, he's Jason Christie. He's the next great. <laughs> he's the next great native angler. Anything to say to that? Well, I, I think you're full of bull. What? What? <laughs> what? Jason. So, you're a fisherman. So I, 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 Be proud. Hey, look, I, I, I love to bass fish, and yeah. I did a lot of tournament fishing back in my younger days, in my 20s, and I still go do a few to have fun yeah. these days. But, you know, I'm trying to get my, my daughter graduated in May. Yeah. Uh, Excellent athlete. Excellent athlete. Talk about her. Talk about what she. Uh, you remember when we put her up on the Facebook? Yeah, she, she was on Facebook last year. She was hurdles. Of, she she was a hundred meter. She placed second in state at hurdles last year. And awesome. So uh, she's having a. As she's 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 uh, fallen. She's tripped twice on the hurdles in the last few weeks. So oh, she's no. a little bit shaken up right now. But she'll be back on the horse next week, and hopefully uh, she'll be going into the conference and, and do well. But Sydney, if you're listening, we're all pulling for you. Yes. Go yeah. get it, girl. Yeah. Go get go. it. There you go. And yeah. and so we've got that. Uh, we've got. I've got that coming up. Uh, I'm going to get married in July. All hey, right. Congratulations. Oh, and we hear a collective sigh <laughs> from all the ladies that listen to the podcast. Dang. They're like, oh, dang it. Oh, hey, oh, l- listen. So, Taking off the yeah, market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh. so you know, that's, that's going to be fun. And I really, as much as I like fishing, right now we've been trying to grow a, a herd of, of cows. And hey. You took a cow to Loop Square. We were the first custom meat processing at Loop Square. That's and awesome. So trivia. Yeah, we, you heard it first. We just <laughs> got first. So we just got we got our beef back about uh, a week and a half ago from the processor and 
and so uh, I'm so excited about that. There you go. I've had uh, had a baby calf this week. I had two baby goats yesterday. So All right. So, Did you look into the cow's eyes before he went into the processing plant? Hey, I've got a picture right here that can prove it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, so. I hope that you have a picture with the cow. Right before he's about to go in, and I hope you have a picture of like cutting your steak. Oh, like, and it's you, you like know, just so. It's a little. It's I a personal him, thing. You know? I, I named him Yummy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is my buddy uh, Choice uh, over here. Right? Yeah. That's what I, I said the other day that uh, we ate Craig. Oh my oh. God, oh. man, Craig! And you give him such like a human name, yeah. you know, like yeah. Craig. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. Uh, that's so good. You got any cows, Doctor Fry? Um, well, or had any before? I've, yes, yeah. had them before. The only one I have right now is in my freezer. But oh, yeah. there, there you go. go. I was going to say, so if, if you're being a fan of the, the podcast, you got to check out the agribusiness episode. It was really good. And, you know, Trent, he's that guy's like a scientist, man. When yeah. he, whenever he breaks down everything about the state, I'm like, man, I just eat it. You're like confusing me here. Yeah. Just, throw, just <laughs> protein throw, rations. Throw, yeah, throw, just throw it on the grill for like three minutes and then give it to me. I barely need it brown. Right, you yeah. know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. That's great, though, Sean. Um, I remember he sent me the picture that day, mm-hmm. and I was like, are you really rolling a I thought he was being silly. I was like, are you really yeah. rolling a cow through there? Yeah, man. In, in addition to be a fisherman, the guy's a cattle baron. Yeah. yeah. Well, we we have a little herd. and, and How many you got? So I think total, I think 13 today. All right. Okay. And, well, and adding every day? And, ad- and adding okay. all the time. And, you know, when you look at the economy and what's happening and the price of beef, you know, one of the things, you know, spinning this thing back to a healthcare topic, sure. if you really looked at what is, if you had to ask me, hey, you know, Sean, what's the most important thing the tribe should be doing right now? to improve its health care. I would tell you that it's all of the things that we're eating is the most single most important thing that we ought to be doing as a nation. I would really love to see this nation investing in the production of its own food and getting our citizens eating and knowing the food that we're putting oh, in yeah. our body. And I think that should be at some of the highest levels of commitment from this nation. So, you know, I talked to Jesse uh, Allen the other day about I I would love to be able to start a uh, Creek Nation Cattlemen's Association so that we can get so that we can get our own citizens and our own beef producers and our own agriculture producers and let the nation so that if we're ever yeah. in a pandemic again go, yes. and we don't know where our food's coming from, mm-hmm. that we have the ability yep. to make it and feed our citizens. Uh-huh. Yeah, and when we that's talked it. about the development of that, food sovereignty was at the beginning. And yeah. everything you're talking about is food sovereignty. Yes. Yeah. You know, yes. A community garden, too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, a big garden from the nation. Put our own produce into the store there and everything like that. Yeah, it's, and the trickle-down effect with that right so if you're Absolutely. producing a bunch of tomatoes yeah. and you're like what can i do with it and then we can then take it to one of our facilities you know go to the test kitchen with it say hey i can make you know a pasta sauce or a salsa out of it and then commercialize and then that that citizen then just kind of steps up and that that could they could be you know the next food truck person yeah, yeah. you know they From could be the a nation. Mo- exactly for Mother the road nation. you know they, they could have their own restaurant it's empowering our yeah, citizens, no? Absolutely. Yeah. Food sovereignty, that's what it's exactly sure. about. And and you talk about food security, food 
sovereignty. Those are the tenets of basic the whole push behind what we're doing um, in that area. It does tie to health very much. And well, uh, when I can guarantee you as well that I can give you a piece of meat that has never had a steroid injected into it, right. that it's never been fed a chemical, yeah. that it's always been fed on grass and it's always been free range and it's not been yeah. uh, production. I mean, there. I think Because we hear so much about red meat, but oh, it's yeah. what's being injected into a- it. Absolutely. Right. People have been eating red meat since the beginning of time. Our people. Right, yes. our people yeah. have. Yeah. A- and the rates of diabetes has only happened in the last 50 to 70 years. Yes. Processed foods. It, yeah. You know, yeah. so why were we eating all of that meat before then and not getting it? It's not in that beef. Yeah, well, we and think something with that big ranch, too. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, the largest land acquisition, as we talked about, like, there's a lot of room to graze cattle to and yeah. a lot of room to basically feed them the right way, uh, grow them the right way to where you get quality cuts and... Not only quality cuts, but nutritious. Well, think about it this way, too, also, right? So think of how we were stewards of our animals back in the day, right? And to, to, to circle back uh, what Sean was saying, um, you know, we're not injecting. We're not, we're not treating these, these calves, uh, mis- mistreating them, right? They're living a happy life their entire life until yeah. it's time to process them, yeah, right? Yeah. And then we process them with respect. Right. And, you know, it's just kind of a circle back around. They are happy. Saying, right? I think a lot about you know, everything that we've been talking about with public health is really getting back to traditional. Yes. Ideas, right? Yes. Absolutely. It's, it's people helping people, bringing mm-hmm. a community up together. Yep. It's, it's being, having food sovereignty and, and all those things. Yep. It's, it's all that we're talking about. Treating and our land, our environment correctly, right? I'll you even know? tie it, I'll even tie it to our response and our enhanced responsibilities in McGirt and the way that we as Native people look at rehabilitation differently. Who? then the state wants to look at it. We don't want to just throw people away and lock them up. We want to look at the root, behavioral health, as we talked about yes. earlier. Um, we talked about happy cows. We're going to run a bunch of cows through our behavioral health plant before we take them to the processing plant <laughs> so we know that they're happy. And, uh, that new facility? They're not yeah. sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, no, no <laughs> doubt. Well, guys, uh, you've been in here long enough. I, I don't want to hold you up, but I want to thank you so much for, for stopping by um, and, and talking with us. Um, any, anything you want to leave us with before we let you out of the cave? No, we're we're just so excited that we have um, Dr. Fry and we've started down the path of creating a public health culture mm-hmm. of Creek Nation. We're going to do some really exciting things coming up in the future that is going to give our communities a chance to participate. We're going to put out some grants in the very near future to let them uh, create uh, exercise and food uh, programs by grants that we're getting ready to to put out. Uh, we want our citizens involved. We want our citizens giving input. And this is going to be a really, really fun year for uh, Muscogee Creek Nation and our citizens participating in uh, making this uh, making this nation healthier. Yeah, I like to to say the stars are aligned right now for yes. us, right? Because I love it. In the past, you would say public health, people would say, what, what's public health? You know, what does that mean? Right. You know, and I think everybody, because of COVID now, is very aware of the need for a strong public, public health infrastructure and just to, you know, all, and a lot of the things that go along with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
we we have uh, funding available that we didn't have before. So, you know, if there is a silver lining to a pandemic, it's the fact that I think every we have a chance right now to be bold and be innovative and really write the future of, of what our public health infrastructure for this nation should look like, right? Because we can be the authors of it. We can, we can take it where we want it to go and what we want to do with it. And uh, it's, it's just a very exciting time to be involved in it. You know, if we don't do it right, shame on us, right? We Absolutely. need to, we need to step forward and do it. You got it. And I love what you said, because I think the time and coming out of what we've come out of, I know that when I was in college, I had a big final. It was a tough one. No matter how I did on it, when I left from turning that final in, there was like an exuberance, a rush of, you know, just good feelings and positivity in me because I had gone through the test. And I feel like that's where we're at now. I don't want to say that we're done with COVID because it feels like we'll never be (laughs) fully done. But Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that coming through these last two years, uh, we're at a jump off point. Um, And I feel what you're saying whenever we talk about that you know, just having that positive outlook on everything. And it's really great time. And um, I just can't, I can't wait to see what you all do at health. Uh, it seems there's something every quarter that we can get excited about and, and really tell everyone and, and, and they get excited too. So great job, gentlemen, the first surgeon general in the history of the Muskogee nation and the first secretary of health to run the first cow through the first custom processing <laughs> of the loop square meat. Facility. Thank you. Love it. We're Love making it. all kinds of firsts. Guys, thank you for being with us right. thank here you. on the Muskogee Pod. Uh, we really enjoyed today's conversation from our reservation. We hope that you did too. Uh, the Muskogee Pod place to be uh, to get all of that information. And and so we just uh, really enjoy talking with our subjects. Uh, We're going to keep it rolling for you right here. Um, Hit that subscribe button, tell your friends, leave us a review and uh, let us know how we're doing because we want this to be your one stop pod shop. Hey, you like that? One stop pod shop. Yeah, man, let's do it. All right. The Muskogee pod conversations from our reservation. We will see you on the next episode and we are out. Bye, guys.